Welcome to Technado. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Technado. That's right, you're hearing my voice, Don Pizzette, the host of Technado, which means... Sophie's not with us this That's week, right. and that means our Whoa, quality is going to be... need to qualify be... that. Yeah. <laughs> She's not dead. She's just not here. She's just not here. And the quality of this podcast is going to go off the rails. Yeah. So. <laughs> See, we're, we're not as good as her at this, yes. so the comedy quality will probably go pretty high unintentionally. So, hi, I'm Daniel Lowry. I think it, it's easy sometimes for us to... Uh, to think of like, well, we focus so much on the tech news and stuff and, and not realize exactly yeah. how much soaping does to yeah, make show happen. Thing along. <laughs> and yeah. here's our replacement. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we, we did have to line up a replacement. We've got Ronnie Wong with us. Yep, they... Uh, that's yeah, enough that's out of you, That's pretty much Ronnie. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, it's like, hey, uh, anybody... Oh, Ronnie answered, so, uh, so I'm back. We're like, oh, it's Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. Barely. Yeah. That's not overqualified. Yeah, he passed the breath test. <laughs> <Yeah>. and... <laughs> uh, honestly, our, our bar for a, uh, a guest host is this. We say, all right, who can we find that's roughly the height of Sophie so we don't have to adjust microphones? Yeah. There you go. That's about where it rolls. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate right. it. Well, uh, you know, Ronnie has been a guest on the show multiple times. If one of our, our co-workers over at our day job and a phenomenal technical instructor and brings a wealth of knowledge. Speaking of day job. Oh, day yeah. Job. Speaking of yeah. day job, we should mention the fact that this podcast <laughs> is sponsored by the good folks over at ACI Learning who bring to us things like IT Pro TV, Ooh. where Daniel, Ronnie, and I create various training content in the IT space, uh, as well as webinars and other fun goodies <clears throat> that are out there. So if you ever go to technado.com and you're interested in learning more about technology, look to the top right of the page. You'll see a button up there that says something. Uh, <laughs> try. Try. try for free. That's the wrong page. <laughs> there we go. Sponsored by oh. IT Pro. There is no yeah. try. Yeah. Only do. Only or do not. Um, so there's a sponsored by IT Pro. You can check that out and sign up. You can use promo code TECHNADO30 for 30% off the lifetime of your account. Uh, be sure to take advantage of that and learn stuff. I Lord feel like stuff. with our powers combined, we make a very inadequate host. <laughs> That's right. yeah. I, I think we'll be able to AI this one at some yeah, point. Yeah, and, yeah. Get yeah. to work on that, would you? There we go. All right. Well, with that out of the way, why don't we dive into our articles? We're going to jump into our uh, tech news segment here in the beginning, like we always do. We'll lead with... Apple. Apple had a big announcement this week, or at least that's what they want you to believe. Uh, this one comes to you. <laughs> Way to bury the lead there, Don. <laughs> they hyped it up enough. So. They certainly did. Uh, this one comes to you from the folks over at ZDNet. Uh, Apple's M3, M3 Pro, and M3 Max chipsets, everything you need to know except why their marketing people haven't been fired for the stupid naming convention. Uh, <laughs> Apple sure. had their <laughs> October event. They called it Spooky fast. Spooky fast. Spooky fast. I didn't yeah. know there was such yeah. a thing as like, I guess scary fast. Maybe is Scar what they were going oh, maybe for. But they ended up going fast. with spooky. They, they went with spooky. That spooky. was dumb. Okay. Was was scary fast trademarked? Maybe. Was that it the problem? It actually says scary fast. Am okay. I wrong? Yes. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, yes. This, this is why we have Ronnie. <laughs> now, now you guys get real you have the news. Fact checker well, over I, here. I, well, yeah. I didn't fact check. I just looked at the uh -huh. article. He's trying to make Don look bad on TV. You're All never right. coming back, Don. Well, you know, I would like to refute this. <laughs> because, you know, how would you guys define scary fast? Like, Daniel, let's say you had a car that could go 100 miles per hour. Okay. Right? Now, I think most cars today can go 100 miles yeah. per yes, hour. Yes, they can. Uh, so if I told you, Daniel, here's a new car 
and it's scary fast. Like, what what would it take? What level of improvement would you need to get to the scary well, fast level? A, Let's quantify that's this. That's a weird analogy yeah. because, like you say, most cars will go 100 miles an hour. It's how fast they can get to 100 miles an hour that makes them fast or not fast. All right, you know more right. about cars than yes. I do. Yeah. So, uh, but yes, I see where you're going with this idea. Like, how much more? Okay, so if 100, that's a good number, too, because then it's like 100%. Easy right? math. How can I get what past 100% would make me go, dang, that's fast. Uh, I'm going to go with probably at least a qu- an, a, another quarter, so at least 25%. Okay, just 25%? Yeah, just 25%. Be- well, that, that's, a, that's a one right. fourth in improvement. Uh, Ronnie, are you in the uh, in that camp? What, what do you think? So, so I think about it in terms of like what Daniel's saying here about how fast you can get to that point. So I've been in a vehicle on this road in front of the office. Sounds like here, I regret my where, analogy. Yeah, 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 where we ended up taking a, a right turn at the stoplight, and we were at 86 miles per hour before the next stoplight. Which, if That's you think fast. about that, that that is what scared the yes. scared me the to no end. Yeah, and, and, and you you did you go back in time? Uh, I, I, I thought we did. <laughs> That's 88 yeah. miles, 88 miles an hour. But, I mean, it's it was, two it was miles 86 an hour away. miles per hour when I was, when we kind of like had to break. And I was like, and when we when we hit the brakes, it was literally me being thrown forward. So that is what I think about scary is how fast All right. know, it takes to get there. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> getting to what Apple presented, yeah. uh, they did release their M3 processors. Now, their release cadence has been ridiculous on this stuff, yeah, right? Super because fast. They, they created their entire own CPU. That was a, like an engineering marvel right there, yeah. the fact that they were able to, to create their own silicon and compete against Intel with the M1 processor, right? Yep. So I, I was really impressed by yeah. that. Oh, they didn't even compete. They kicked their pants out, right? They, like, they really they, did. They, yeah, they just like a really yeah, amazing from, processor. From the first generation. Yeah. yeah. And then a year later, the M2. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, hey, to do a major iteration like that, that that's significant. I was expecting you know the normal BS naming convention, so the M1S or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But, yeah. But no, no, we just got M1 <laughs> Snow <laughs> Lion. <laughs> yeah. So then the M3 comes out this year. I mean, this is three years in a row. This is this is some aggressive yeah. architecture. And they were stating that it was like 50 to 60 percent faster, faster. The, than the that's, previous. That's pre- by Grapthar's hammer, Don. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, savings. <laughs> so I was impressed, but then I started digging into it. And and dude, this is like super misleading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I think this is I some think. marketing bullcrap, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. So the the neural engine that's inside of it. For, so when you're performing AI, yeah. you know, machine learning yeah, type yeah. tasks or whatever, that is seeing up to a sixty percent performance improvement over previous ones. But when you get to the general CPU, so what you're actually using the bulk of time, not not on a server, but on a desktop, where you're using right. the bulk of the time, it's not it, that. Nowhere near that. Yeah. It's a 15% improvement over the M2 and only a 30% improvement over the M1. To me, like that, that's not even enough to upgrade. Like right. is a, is no, a 30% boost enough to, to purchase new yeah, hardware? No, no. no, absolutely not. I, I think it's fine that they continue to to push their M chips into faster, better, stronger. That that's good. They should be doing that. But if they're trying to get people to say, oh, I gotta upgrade this thing. It better have more than just right, like you say, maybe maybe a thirty percent, because those are just benchmarks, right? You're you're never going to be at that consistent. Oh, I'm always thirty percent more. Yeah. Then right, it's it's just not how it works out. Just when you do a benchmark test, I can hit that, and you can't. Whoop de do in my everyday tasks, am I going to see like that kind of performance enhancement? Probably not. 
unless you're in a very specific yeah, niche. Uh, yeah, niche field where you're doing like 4K video rendering or whatever, yeah. then yeah, those those percentages start to help you out in the long run. But so it's fine that you, but if if you're trying to market to me who already has like I have an M2 or if if I had an M1 and a Mac Pro, wow you're not coming after me. You're coming after new people who are like, man, this Intel chip just ain't kicking the, kicking the fire hot, hot enough. Yeah. I, I need something better, stronger, faster. And then, oh yeah, I'm going to go with that new M3. That's, that's the market they should be going after. You yeah. know who I blame for this? I blame Intel. And I, I know it's a weird <laughs> okay. thing to say because yeah. they're not involved in right. it, but, but really hyper threading is what started this whole ah, snowball yeah. net rolling downhill where you had like a, uh, a two-core processor, and then when they had hyper-threading, they yeah. said, "Oh, you've got four cores." Four cores. Yeah, but you didn't. Like <laughs> it, was it was very rare <laughs> that you could utilize all four at a high level. That was the hyper-threading cores would work sometimes, and and Apple is still continuing that. So like they they released a diagram of the M3 Pro and how that architecture laid out, and there's a 18-core next-generation architecture right. you know part that's really GPU focused. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the 12 core CPU itself, but it's six, what they call performance cores. And for those of you listening, I'm doing air quotes, performance cores, and then another six efficiency, efficiency cores that don't even run at the same megahertz as the yeah. other one. So it it's like this whole new world where you, yeah. you can't trust any of the numbers. Yeah. You know, it's the speed is, is deceptive, right? So I've never noticed, even when I went to a faster computer, really never noticed speed increases where I tended to notice most speed increases when I went to an older computer after using, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the weirdest thing. It's like, okay, uh, that M3 might seem fast when I when I work, or my, it's about the same. But then when I go to a really old computer or an, actually somebody else's computer at that point, it's just like, why is this not actually working the way that I was working? Yeah. And so I think that with computer speed, I think that that's when we see the difference is not so much like immediate in terms of like benchmarks and different mm. speeds when we use it and then we go and use what we already had and then we're like oh yeah this this is actually a lot faster i just don't notice so it. don i think we've had this discussion like what 20 years ago yeah i think when um i think it was vista when vista came out somewhere around there uh i, I was like wow you know they've got all these new improvements and everything but it seems to be because of all the arrow and, and stuff that they added on at yeah. the time that our laptops are going to struggle with this. Yeah, they did. Right? And so now you got to go buy new hardware. So it always mm-hmm. seemed like that the hardware and software were playing this game of, well, now somebody's got to upgrade because of something I did. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Now i got this latest and greatest piece of hardware, and it can run these things. It's like buying a Ferrari, right? Going mm-hmm. back to our yeah. car analogy here. I bought a Ferrari. Oh, man, is it fast. And it's always going to be fast. But then Ferrari goes, oh, yeah, Daniel, now you got to also hook up this trailer. What's on it? Like 6,000 pounds of bricks. <laughs> but why? Because, man, it looks good. I know it looks good, but it's really heavy. And now that you know 600 horsepower mm-hmm. I have is great, but it doesn't feel like it anymore, right? Yeah. Because now you you loaded me down, and that seems to one ha- ends up what happening. And that's why we mm-hmm. eventually, I can't upgrade my hardware anymore. I have to get a new latest and greatest that can support the newest features yep. on these things. And then they go, hey, new hardware's out. Let's give it more features. And they yeah. just continue to do this. Make it strip line. Make the operating system run like like a gazelle. That's what I want. Yeah. Some people will resist. You know, yeah. I, I remember uh, like when Windows 2000 came out and stuff, people were like, well, Windows 98 runs faster. I don't, I don't want to go yeah. to 2000. Right. And, <clears throat> and Windows XP, people didn't want to go to Vista because XP ran faster. And yeah. sure enough, you installed Vista and XP on the same oh, yeah. system. Oh, yeah. XP smoked it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
but there was always something that moved you forward, yeah. right? So 64-bit processors right. for a while. Like, oh, well, I, Windows XP 64-bit sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I've got <laughs> I've got to move up to this other OS that's going to be slower. And, um, you know, as we got more advanced chipsets, USB-C, mm -hmm. Thunderbolt and all that, they, you, you know, they keep pushing you into these newer OSs. And they're they're bloated like crazy, yeah. And it leads to these these slowdowns, and a lot of the security mitigations we have today, which you you, you mm -hmm. want to have, yeah. Right. But they really Slow impact down. the performance on your systems. Yeah. If they could ever get that that dance down to a science, at least that's that's one of the things I like about the Linux world a lot is that. They're constantly trying to offer you, hey, repurpose those old laptops you got sitting around. We've got a very stripped down, light, fast, everything you need. Not, not the kitchen sink, though. Yeah. And it gives you the ability to have a, a decent experience with older hardware using a Linux operating system. So I, I, I wish that we saw that with Windows. I wish that we saw that with Mac. Not, not that I typically have a bad experience as far as performance goes when it comes to my Mac operating systems. I, I just don't like them that much. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears and move over to Microsoft. Uh, not to be outdone. Well, I'd, <laughs> I'd say Microsoft outside. was outdone. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apple. Completely outclassed. Yep. Uh, Microsoft this week, they we don't have an article for this one, but they did release into the wild the 23H2 update. So if you've been waiting on that one, but it's like such a minor thing that most people mm. don't care about it. Uh, <laughs> But they did do something interesting. You know, uh, a month or two ago, we reported on how Microsoft was going to be adding support for RAR archives, RAR archives, natively in Windows. We talked about it on the podcast because there were several vulnerabilities that came out for the WinRAR utility. Right. And, and here was a chance to get away from that utility and just use something native in your OS. Now they can have their own vulnerabilities. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, now that that rolled out, so even my home computer has that support now, and I didn't. I'm not in any special insider ring or anything like that. Uh, but Microsoft has run with it and said, "Wait a minute, yeah. people people like archives. This is news to us. <laughs> it's shocking." Uh, and so they are now rolling out support for even more archive formats, including 7-Zip. And yeah. I appreciate this because I, you know, I believe I mentioned this a mm -hmm. few months ago. Was, you know. I actually paid for a license of WinRAR because mm -hmm. I'm one person who did that, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but 7-Zip is probably the most popular open yeah. one that you can just go and download for free. Listen, but when you purchased that license, Don, that has kept them float. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. It's me. It was that one license. <laughs> so, uh, you know, 7-Zip, I, I never really knew if I could trust that software or not. You don't know mm -hmm. a whole lot about what goes on behind the scenes with them, and you are installing more software that's integrated into your shell, so there, there's some risk there. Uh, but Microsoft is adding support for 7-Zip, numerous forms of TAR, GZip, XZip, uh, BZip, a, a oh, lot nice. of the native Linux uh, uh, archive formats that it's getting support for, even com combinations like TAR, GZip, and TAR, XZip. Uh, so they're implement implementing support for that. It's in beta right now, so it's in the early release versions, but it'll be moving into production soon. And at that point, if you run Windows, you really don't have a need for a third-party archiver anymore. So technically, they they kind of have supported it for a little bit, right? Because you have Windows Subsystem for Linux. Yeah. And I typically have WSL installed, like, mm. out of the gate. Right. And it, are they doing that now? Like, is there already one kind of baked in when you get uh, like a fresh Windows 11 install? Is that happening at this point? No, no, and, and, it, still... and it's because of like Windows 11 Home, gotcha. where you don't gotcha. have some of that. They should because uh, there's no reason not to. Right? Yeah, just just have one. It's like Ubuntu or what? What's their what's that Windows? 
boatman or whatever the heck it is that uh, or something. Oh, mariner, to, mariner. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah, just just throw that on there and you just go. Oh, well, mariner's on here, and then oh look, I can tar this and I can gz that. Yeah, but you know, native binaries always run faster. And my True. my guess for mm. why they're not doing it that way, at least in this case, yeah, yeah. is I don't know if you guys have experimented with it. I, I use Windows Subsystem for Linux a lot. Yeah, uh, it's disk IO sucks. Yeah. Ah, I gotcha. So, you know, any anytime you perform a disk operation, it whatever kinda, abstraction layer they do there sucks. Just and bottlenecks it pretty hard. Yep. Uh WSL one and two, both of them, just poor disk IO performance. Okay. So uh so you know, because this is a file operation, that might be a part of it, but mm. also it's integrated into the Windows Explorer, into the, the file yeah, manager. That's so, totally cool that yep. that's there. Um not that they're saying, hey, you know what? Let's just let have Windows have a have a bite of this apple and uh, welcome to the club. Because like does does and does does Mac support those? They do, don't they? Yeah. You know, uh, Macs are really flaky when it comes to archives. So mm. a lot of times it'll support opening an archive, but not creating yeah. that archive. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a very odd and, <laughs> scenario. And some of them, it, it gets really unhappy with. Like I, I don't think it has XZIP support at all. So okay. the XZ files, which aren't that popular, right. so not that big of a deal. Uh, but Apple's pretty picky because remember. For a long time, they had their own archive format that they wanted everybody to use. There were there were two of them. There was um, uh, there was the DMG, their disk image okay, yep. archive format, and there was another one that was it's like LBA or something like that. It had an L LZH. Yeah, I, don't know. I can't remember. Me. But it was another one that Apple just loved. Yep. And and if you had uh, a see Mac, Mac OS, they wanted to say, use. kill it with fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Linux is going on here. <laughs> is what you say as you run on your Mac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's still kind of funny when you go down to the comments. It's finally, somebody says, uh, hey, hopefully one day then they'll also end up supporting X, uh, ext4, XS, XFS, and BTRFS. Uh, as well. Didn't BTRFS get like killed or whatever? Is that no, that was RiserFS. Riser Riser yeah. Yeah. yeah, BTRFS still yeah. very still active. Still kicking. Yeah. Uh, that's a bigger <laughs> ask. Yeah. Right? That's now, a bigger ask. Now you're yeah. asking for that's file system support. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it doesn't matter is, whatever, whatever <laughs> Windows tries to do, right? Yeah. Hey, we're offering better support. Someone comes along and goes, well, but now, this is what we really need. <laughs> we, we didn't really need that. We What we really needed was this. It and would be like, interesting to huh. see a... so Because <laughs> Windows has Mariner, mm -hmm. and they have, obviously, like I would love to see some sort of like cross-pollination, some hybrid uh, operating system where it is kind of a Linux-y Windows. They could really... Because yeah, how long in the Linux community have we talked about, man, when is, when is, when is Linux going to have that, that right desktop OS that's really going to help it kick into the market? Man, I mean, if anybody's poised to do that at this point, it would be, it would be Windows. Mm. Did you ever hear either of you um, Singularity OS? Mm -mm. Yes. Yeah. Tell, I, I remember hearing the the name. Uh, remind me of, of what's Microsoft going. Microsoft Skunk Works product project. Okay. So internal developers said, you know, we've got this NTOS kernel that we've been running since the NT days. And it's still being used today. You fast forward all the way to <laughs> Windows 11, like it's still that that kernel. And it obviously, it's been maintained and right. upgraded and so on. But they looked at it and they said, you know, there were design choices that were made back in the day that didn't account for what we have available. And, you know, networking, while important, wasn't core to the system in the beginning. Now it is. Why don't we start over? Mm. Why don't we start over with a brand new kernel and we take all the things that we learned from the Unix world and BSD and mm. all those other ones and incorporate that into this new kernel for Windows, and they called it Singularity. Okay. And the way that it was designed was that it was incredibly secure. 
So apps were fully isolated. No one app could crash and affect another one. It was memory safe. It had all sorts of bells and whistles to yeah. it. And uh, ultimately, it got killed. Uh, and the reasoning is, you know, Microsoft has really made their money on backwards compatibility. Mm. And with Singularity, you had to start over. <laughs> and they just weren't willing to do that. Now, companies like Apple have shown that you you can do that. You can start over and customers will grumble, but they'll do it. Right. Sometimes. If, if you just push them past the grumble phase, yeah. it eventually becomes their reality. Yep. And they just accept it and go, yeah, I guess it's how life is now. But then there's other companies like Palm. That have shown you that you can try it and then lose all your customers who go out of business. So, well, yeah. crapshoot. Who's Palm? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I've heard of Microsoft. I feel like they may be a little more robust in their ability to weather a storm yeah. than Palm. I, I Are was, you talking Palm? P-A-L-M or P-O-M? Yeah, no. P-A-L-M. Oh, oh no. yeah. Palm OS. I know Palm. Okay. I, I wasn't a big fan of Palm devices. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I had one at one point, a little PDA. But if you think about that company, yeah. at the time, they basically cornered the market yep. of mobile yeah. Yeah. PDAs, yeah, PDAs. And they could have been the iPhone. They yep. could have been yeah. revolutionary. You know, same thing about BlackBerry. But then the yeah. iPhone came yeah. out. And they were like, and, damn it. Yeah. But they, they tried Everybody to pivot that. and it didn't work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So anyhow, we'll see. And I think you're right, Ronnie. If Microsoft tomorrow released EXT4, XFS, yeah. and BTRFS, yeah, there'll be something. Somebody would be like, what? No ZFS? Yeah. Sucks. <laughs> There's boycotts in front of Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Cancel Microsoft. They're uninclusive. <laughs> yeah. You can't think of another, you know, uh, operating system, right? Like, you know, they've bent over backwards. To go, Let's do this WSL, right? Yeah. Get mm -hmm. that in there. Now, okay, we'll add these zip archives in. And then somebody's like, oh, no, it's not really. Com in other words, they want it to be Linux. That's what they really want. What's it to your be. favorite operating systems right now? Oh, me? Yeah, anyway, um, both of you. Uh, right now, it's because I've been working with the Mac. I'm going to say the Mac OS. You like a Mac OS yeah, the best? I do. Don? I, I mean, my. My yeah. favorite operating system has always been OS 2. Like, I just enjoy yeah. OS 2. Yeah. But I don't run it's that on anything yeah. today. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a, a fair yeah. answer. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of work in Ubuntu. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I hate to call it my favorite because I, I trashed on Ubuntu Adorable. for a long time. Yeah, I think is what yeah, you, I uh, but right now, and, and I do have to time bound this because they're about to screw it up. <laughs> but but right now, like 22.04 is a, just a really yeah. stable, Solid. flexible Linux yep. release. I use the hell out of it. It runs yeah. on just about everything, everything. man. It does. That thing is, I, I, I might have to agree with you. I was actually going to say Windows right now because it has become very versatile. Yeah, right? they're mm -hmm. doing a lot with that operating system, and it, a lot of the pain points that I was having with Windows before have started to kind of like yeah. be shaved down. But you're right, man. Like Ubuntu is really mm -hmm. killing it with their support. I mean, you can throw it on phones, you can throw it on uh, tablets. You know, Raspberry you Pi. It, yeah, it, it'll yeah. flip yep. and run, and it runs great. Yeah, so yeah, you might have a, I but have a point there. They are going to totally bork it in, <laughs> Give them in April. Yeah. So. That's how we know them, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's bound to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. All right, let's move on to uh, the world of hardware. And uh, I, I think it was just last week in the podcast where I mentioned how crazy it is that uh, vendors like like uh, Apple and Microsoft and so on would have separate desktop operating systems from their tablet operating systems, right? I was talking about Google's Chromebooks versus their Android tablets and Apple's Mac OS versus their iPad OS. Well, in the Windows world, Microsoft has tried to bridge that gap before and failed. That was <laughs> what we right. talked about. Uh, but 
they're not giving up. They're still trying. <laughs> and we got some news out of Qualcomm this week. <laughs> yeah. Qualcomm has announced some new Snapdragon X Elite processors. Now, normally when you look at Qualcomm processors, they're ARM processors that are designed to be energy efficient, right? So mm-hmm. it'll run on a cell phone for as long as possible, which usually means low powered, right? Not not a lot of energy consumption and not a lot of megahertz, not a lot of CPU power coming out of that thing for, for getting work done. The Snapdragon X Elite eschews some of that and says, all right, we're gonna bring you the power. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna bring you speed. We're gonna try and focus what, on creating. What was the Nintendo tagline? Now you're playing with power, right? Go. Remember that? And then they give you a power yeah. glove. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically like the proto Wii. Yeah, right. If you yeah. Think about it. it. Uses yeah. the same technology. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Fun little fact there for you, retro gamers. <laughs> Strap a Wii controller to your arm. Plus, it looked bitching. <laughs> right? it like did. it was futuristic as hell. They they marketed it was that like very crazy. cool. Yeah. You ever see the movie The Wizard? Of course. <laughs> you kidding me? Don't insult me, sir. <laughs> I think I watched it like six months ago. Oh, really? Uh, easily, yeah. It was and Fred Savage's Fred performance Savage. holds up. And Nikki Cox, absolutely. Again, the guy is an underrated actor. He deserves timeless three Oscars treasure. Easily. <laughs> 14 Emmys. Did He's you probably see, got it um, in here too, actually. The the edit they did of Deadpool 2 when they released it as a Deadpool Christmas? No, I did not see this. All right, so my... We're, we're all going off. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, what, that's what we do. <laughs> this is not brought to you by the folks at Ars Technica. Uh, so my my oldest son, when when Deadpool came out, he, he loves Deadpool. He wanted to watch the movie, but I yeah, had to draw a line. Not, happen. not yeah, an okay he, kid movie. Um, and then he, he started getting older, and Deadpool 2 came out, and I'm like, nope. Just still not, still <laughs> yeah. not old enough. Well, then they released, they they re-released Deadpool two for a limited time in theaters, right. As a PG thirteen edit, really. They had mm-hmm. to edit out like twenty minutes of of footage. Yeah. That's all. So, <laughs> so then you you got to backfill the twenty minutes, right? And so they added a whole storyline about how Deadpool kidnapped Fred Savage. No, he did and, not. And strapped him into a bed and forced him to reenact Princess Bride. He's like <laughs> reading the story to Fred Savage. And oh it's, my goodness! It's freaking hilarious. Oh, okay, and, so is this on your plex? Because I'm watching this. Uh, it is. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. I know what I'm doing this afternoon. And, Not work. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so my my son got to watch that. And he, he's old enough now where he can watch yeah, yeah, the yeah. the real Deadpool's. But uh, uh, but he got to watch it, and, and so that was what he thought of Deadpool two for a long time. Was that yeah. Fred Savage? That is funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Funny. Yeah. I'm totally watching this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so getting back to Qualcomm and Snapdragon <laughs> and all that crap. Uh, yeah. You were making yeah. a point. I don't know what it was. And things and stuff, Don. <laughs> so a lot of people were beginning to wonder, Apple switched back. You know, they, they left Intel and they moved over to their own internal ARM processors. Mm-hmm. And their reasoning was Intel's not keeping up. And Intel is struggling. Their yeah, CEO has said that on multiple yeah. occasions. They're, what, third CEO in five years or something. Yeah. Um, so they're working to improve, but they haven't quite gotten there yet. So people have been thinking, you know, is Microsoft going to try and make that pivot? They released the Surface, what was it called? The Surface X, um, um, which is an ARM-based Surface, yeah. which meant it couldn't really run anything. Yep. Uh, they were in Windows and Office, and that's about yeah. it, and and it sucked. So uh, uh, Qualcomm now making a push to release a high-speed, like desktop-capable ARM processor. People are looking at this and saying, wait a minute. Maybe 2024 is going to be the year this yeah. happens. Well, I can't wait. I, I I love 
pure capitalist here, my friend. You know, not the not the crony capitalist kind. Or, you know. <laughs> the, the, the good, the <laughs> yeah, the good one where it says the competition does nothing but benefit the consumer, right? Because the more they come out with better processors, we're already seeing Apple coming out with better processors. We are getting ready to see another leap, and I'm sure that it'll be within the next ten years. We're going to see some insane, awesome processors that are going to make our experiences that much better. We're going to be able to run new and exciting things, probably doing like 3D and things of that nature will become so easy for the average Joe out there and Jane that it's it's just a part of our world at that point. I, I As we know a bit, I'm into retro gaming. It's so funny to me that there are things, things like the Super Nintendo, right? To emulate some of the games on the Super Nintendo is not an easy task for... Modern processors. Oh, because of the proprietary hardware yeah. they have, right? right? Yeah. So for them to be able to pull that off and do that can get difficult. You think of uh, games like uh, Yoshi's Island, right? So Yoshi's Island has had a very, uh, like they had their own proprietary chip in there that was specific for running and rendering those graphics. So to be able mm. to, it, it really kind of pushes the CPU to be able to do that, even in a modern device, mm. right? So, so I'm excited to see these because I, I, I want to get... I want in my mobile device <laughs> these new Snapdragons, like to be able to kill, you know, Xbox 360 and mm. PlayStation 3 games with ease. And it, I think it's going to be the next gens are, mm. are going to give me that. So, not the point you were trying to make, but yeah. <laughs> um, Super Mario World. Yes. I love that game. Great Played game. the heck out of it. Really enjoyed yeah. it, right? Uh, Super, Mario, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Mm-hmm, Yoshi's Island. Hated it. Really? How are you going to make a game where you have to listen to a baby crying? That is half annoying. The time? I, I, I cannot. Uh, but the gameplay on that is very entertaining. If they released a version that like somehow muted the, the baby, baby crying, I might play. Amen, it. brother. But, because that junk gets enough. Or you just get really good at not losing the baby because he only cries when he gets bumped off a of Yoshi. Mm. So get better at the game, Don. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right. Well. Um, just like with Apple, we have to take these performance claims with a, a grain of salt, but Qualcomm is claiming that uh, their new Snapdragon X Elite processor will outperform a 13th generation i7 by 2x, hmm. so twice as fast. That's a significant improvement. That's a, a reason to upgrade. Yeah, 2x. If they can deliver on it. Now, yeah, big deal. what sank the Surface X before was that, you know, you have all these people that have written software, like when yeah. you go on your Steam library or whatever, where it's x86 software, or x64, it's, it's designed for that architecture. Those developers have to come back and re- recompile as a you know an ARM chipset. Hmm. And if which, they, by the way, is not an easy task. Yeah, that's a real pain in the yeah. eye. <laughs> and I said earlier, Microsoft made their money on backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. You lose that when you change architectures, or you have to emulate it, which means it's slower. So hmm. we go back to that argument. So it it's tough. It'll be a big feat if they manage to make this transition next year, but it, it might happen. Well, I look mm-hmm. forward to it. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about how you were surprised when I said 25%, I thought was a significant mm-hmm. increase, but you didn't say significant enough that you would upgrade. Uh, right. So, yeah, well, I think 25% is a good jump. It is not enough for me to upgrade. You start talking 50 and above, then, oh, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm going to get twice the performance or, or not twice, but 1.5 more performance. Then, yes, I'm starting to think about maybe it's worth it to sell this and get that sweet at that point. Mm. So <laughs> go Snapdragon, by the way, those processes are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, it, they've been in phones for years and yeah. years and years. So it's tried and true technology. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a good spot for us to stop <laughs> and take a break. That's going to wrap up our meandering hardware segment, <laughs> our tech news segment. 
But don't go anywhere because after the break, we're going to get back with our cybersecurity news. And let me tell you, there's some crazy stuff going on this <laughs> week, and uh, and you will not want to miss it. So stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back, everybody, to the second darker, scarier half of the <laughs> TechNado podcast. We're going to dive into our cybersecurity news. And before we do that, just a couple of messages here for you. I want to remind everybody, this podcast is brought to you by the folks at ACI Learning. If you want to learn more about IT, maybe start a career, get into certifications, or just see more of us acting, well, professional yeah. as opposed to <laughs> this well, stuff that we it's do. It's kind of like this, except you learn things. Yeah. That you want yeah. to learn. Oh, That's yeah, really. specific. <laughs> You'll probably learn things here as well. A little more but you guided. Yeah, a little more guided at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, be sure to check that out. You can go to the website at itpro.tv or just go over to acilearning.com. If you sign up for a subscription, be sure to use promo code TECHNATO30 for 30% off your account. And you know what? If you don't want to do that, that's fine. It's not totally the end cool. of the world. Yeah. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you could do us a favor and subscribe. What is it? Like or subscribe? Like, likes are better. Yeah. Uh, likes, likes are better. Than subscribes, likes. But definitely subscribe just because we're trying to get as much subscribed yeah. as we can. And if you see an icon that looks like a bell or a heart or a star or a pentagram, click on it. A uh, pentagram? Somehow, yeah. You then know, you'll know when to avoid us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like, follow, subscribe, worship. There's yeah, all different options. Really it's weird. It's, it's yeah. gotten strange lately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Let's uh, on my <laughs> <laughs> Whichever option you feel appropriate and does not conflict with your uh, religious, religious beliefs. beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> or lack thereof. All right. Um, Let's dive into cybersecurity. The first article is going to come to us from the folks over at Dark Reading, which is always a great source of information. Now, I almost passed over this because I swore this was just like a, you know, Dark Reading will sometimes take an old tech story, just dive deeper into it, sometimes like way deeper than anybody has a business and going. But uh, but this time it was just confusing because it's it's an all new whammy. So uh, let me get to it here. Critical solar winds RCE bugs enable unauthorized network takeover. That sounds pretty bad. And it also sounds like an exact repeat of three years ago. Yep. Daniel, what is going on here? So as uh, as they always do, software is what software is, and it does what it does. And every now and then, some researchers out there will go, hey, what if, oh, yeah, yeah, that's bad. We should probably let people know about this. And they do, <laughs> you know, they'll find security issues within software, and then they will tell the um, software vendor, hey, I found these security issues. It's called responsible disclosure. Or maybe the vendor themselves has their own security team working and doing research. I think of things like Cisco Talos and, and whatnot where they are constantly trying to find their own security bugs and in, and in others as well. Well, guess what? It has been Christmas and their birthday all rolled <laughs> into one because, right, we had, what was it, eight? I think eight, eight. CVEs <laughs> yeah. dropped in the lap of a good old-fashioned solar winds. Now, like Don said, a few years ago, you might remember, around 2020-ish, solar winds made the news because their, their software is used – 
Don, we've used yeah. it. Yep. Like everybody uses Solar yep. Winds. It is very popular because it does a really good job at what it does, which is monitoring and reporting and all the things that it can do to keep a, a network administrator or a systems administrator or even a security admin's eye on the prize. Like what's going on here? What's going on there? Alert me on this kind of stuff. It's just the the, the graphics are great. Everything works really well. But because it works so well, everybody uses them. Right? Everybody yeah. loves it. Right? It is a it is a thing. Everybody, including the United States government. And when there is a critical vulnerability that gets disclosed of the unauthorized or unauthenticated kind, right? Which means I don't have to log in, I don't have to do anything. If I have access to the, that system in any remote way, then I can exploit it. And if that exploitation leads to something like, I don't know, off the top of my head, we'll go with remote code execution yeah. or, you know, remote commands. This is when the sky starts falling and, and you know, there's charred bodies in the streets. It's the worst case scenario you can think of. This is what we are looking at today. And they lather, rinse, repeat. Now, they do have, what do you call it, uh, uh, patches for this. Mm -hmm. So if you have the a ARM which I can't remember what ARM stands for. Access right now. Rights Manager. Thank yeah. you, sir. The yeah. Access Rights, which is an extremely popular tool yeah. when it comes to yeah. old solar winds. It's kind of their, their meat and taters, if you get the idea, right? It's the thing that mm -hmm. really makes them popular. If you have that, you need to go update that thing ASAP. What I find interesting is that there's these three CVEs for this, right? So we've got uh, 2023, 35182, we got 35185, and 35187. These have all, from Trend Micro, been deemed critical with a 9.8 CVSS score. That's, that <laughs> is bad, ladies and gentlemen. That is yeah. bad. What's funny, though, is that um, uh, Solar Winds they did their own on it, and they, they only gave it an 8.8. .8. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not as bad as you, as all that. <laughs> you know, it kind of is, though. <laughs> let, let's talk about how we get to that rating, though, yeah. because, you know, Solar Winds, they're a bit of a victim of their own success, right? Mm. So their their original product was a an at a glance view of your network. So the Solar Winds Orion, Orion product. Yeah. Yep. yep. And you had a nice visual representation that was web-based. You could see all of your routers, your firewalls, your servers, and so on, and just see are they up or are they down? Right. Uh, what what bandwidth are they using? What's the CPU disk utilization? You know, just a a single pane of glass at a glance. How's my network doing? And then over the years, they started adding more and more stuff. They added configuration management and mm -hmm. backups. They added this one, access yep. rights. We need to manage those, right? So here we go. We get a tool that does it. They added a bunch of tools that did everything a network or sysadmin would want to do. And it's really sensitive stuff. So people would create out-of-band management networks, right? So networks where your customers weren't on there, your production data wasn't moving across it. It was just for admins to manage the network. And that's what makes this so dangerous is if somebody can do remote code execution on your out-of-band out band management right. network, I, that that just the, the tires fall off the wagon at that <laughs> point, right, Ronnie? Yeah, I mean, that's that's like having a backdoor literally into every part of your network when you have that out-of-band management. So if you can get access there, pretty hefty in, in that sense. And software like this makes it easy for us to also to, you know be able to manage everything and that's the key, right, is now they're like, hey, this software is great and what it does, but now it's been taken advantage of. And that 9.8, like you said, yeah, it, it's not like, okay, we, we did a bad thing. It's like, no, this, this looks like it was all the way through. Yeah, yeah. And, and because of how many people use this software and the importance of those organizations yeah. that do use it, 
Say it with me. Supply chain attacks. That's yeah, that's the that's, nightmare scenario that that comes into play. That's what the big problem was in 2020 with, when it came to this and them having these horrible RCEs was they're, they're so vested into these critical organizations for not just the United States, but really the world in a lot of ways, that if someone were to gain access to them through this, that's when real problems can start to arise. And that's that's why this is a really now, important thing for us to get patched. Now, Don, have you used this ARM? Yes. I have not. Okay, so in that sense, what you're talking about in terms of the victim of their own success, right? They're already in these big networks like Daniel's talking about. And was this because they, they wanted to add this tool in before somebody else actually made a tool? And so they just kept extending themselves beyond what they were really good at doing and like, Let's get in there before this other XYZ company gets in and makes this better tool. And maybe yeah. I mean there there are some other companies that make uh make tools that do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember one has a, a weird name. Um, but a- anyhow, it, if you do like ISO twenty seven thousand one compliance or right. a SOC two report or whatever, mm-hmm. access rights and and review is a part of that. You have to show that you at least once a year review all your user accounts and the access they have mm-hmm. and ensure they haven't been given anything they don't need. And the people that shouldn't have access have had that removed. Mm-hmm. Well, they also require you to monitor your server uptime and centralized logging and all that stuff. And, and those are all things that SolarWinds has deployed over the years. So they want to be a one-stop shop right. to say, we provide everything you need to be compliant. Now, where a tool like this is a target, if I'm an attacker and I get in, maybe I get root access on one device. <laughs> I want root access on every, every device. A tool like ARM can give it to you. Yeah. So yeah, that that really opens it up. Now, the patch that fixes all of this was just released on October 18th, which was only a couple of weeks ago. If you have not rolled it out, like Daniel said, you absolutely do need to get that one rolled out. And I I want to stick with the solar winds theme because this is a good transition into our next article, which comes to us from the folks over at securityweek.com. <laughs> The headline is Cybersecurity Leaders Spooked by SEC Lawsuit Against Solar Winds CISO. Now, this time we are talking about what happened three years ago. Right. So, what's happening today is they had some CVEs. Uh, Trend Micro, uh, the, the researchers mm-hmm. there found these vulnerabilities, handed them to Solar Winds, Solar Winds patched them. Trend Micro did responsible disclosure. The system's working the way that it's supposed to work, except. Did they come out and say this has been exploited in the wild or not? I haven't seen that yet. But if you go mm. back to three years ago, there are there are people that believe that Solar Winds acted uh, not in the like the due yeah. due diligence, not care. in good faith, not in good faith. Yeah, good that, faith. that's okay. the best way to put it. There that Solar Winds has investors. Yep. And so I, I believe they're publicly traded. Mm-hmm. And so they have investors and they fall under the the uh, oversight of the SEC. And the yeah. SEC is saying that they feel SolarWinds actively mis- misinformed mm-hmm. their investors. Or and- just did not inform, right? Yeah. Like in, in some ways it was like a lie of omission, right? Yeah. 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 So that they they did not come forward in good faith and disclose the, the actual status of what was going on to their investors. And that's fraud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the SEC has filed a lawsuit. Now, I've brought up a concept a few times over the years we've done this podcast about the role of a CISO. And mm-hmm. I, I have an extremely cynical view on this because... <laughs> I, you mean the company alcoholic? Uh, right? Because this, they've, like, by, not by choice. <laughs> you know, so your CISO, that's Chief Information Security Officer. Right? So yeah. 
at the end of the day, all of your IT security falls under this person's purview. And so if something goes wrong, if ransomware spreads throughout your environment or hackers get in and get all of your PII or whatever, it's kind of like the CISO's duty to fall on their sword. Yeah. Right. Mm. And, okay. and, and to get fired, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're a company and you're know, like uh home Depot, remember when home Depot had that yep. huge breach, every mm -hmm. credit card they ever touch or target yeah, every, every big, credit card yeah. they ever touch. And did those companies go out of business? No, no. Did, did their sales even go down the next month? Probably not. No. They, they processed the same amount of credit card transactions <laughs> the very next day. Like it didn't impact the company at all, but for PR sake, they got to do something by the CISO yep. or right. the CISO. Right. right. So that's kind of a known entity. If you're a CISO out there, you know that's the the case. You know, I in our day job, I act as the CISO for our organization. And so, so when I, are you getting fired? I, well, whenever we have a breach, I assume. So, well, good job, not still being here, Don. So, so I accept that, and I I do everything I can to make sure that sure. I can show we we tried, we right. did our best to prevent it. And if something happens, as you mentioned earlier, there is no try. Only do. Yeah, do or do not. That's it. Um, <laughs> so, Out of your own mouth, you have condemned yourself. Well, no, so every time I say it, two things pop into my head. So what yeah. is the Yoda? Yeah, right? Obviously. So yeah. do or do not, there is no try, right? right? Um, but the other one is there is a white zombie song, and there's a, a woman talking in the background, and she says something like, I never try anything. I just do it. <laughs> okay. And then later she's like, want to try me? And <laughs> well, and you end up. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Competing with Yoda. Right. And, <laughs> competing with Yoda. So give me brain freeze. Uh, this is where I'm at. White zombie and Star Wars. <laughs> That's it. They, uh, they've come together. <laughs> Critical mass has been attained. <laughs> so I have to show that I've done everything I can and that I've empowered the team to do everything I, they can to protect the environment. Right. And if I've dropped the ball, then yeah, I, I should get blamed. Well, here we're taking that next step of an actual criminal complaint being filed against the CISO. Now it's not just you screwed up, you're fired. Now it's you screwed up. Liability. Let's talk about yeah. are, are you getting a financial fine? <laughs> are you going to jail? And so on. And, mm. and I watched with interest the Uber case. Remember with Uber yeah. where their CISO, um, they got hit, attacker stole all their PII, and the attacker said, pay us $100,000 or we're going to release this information. And the CISO said, how about this? <laughs> How about we say you guys are consultants mm -hmm. and I pay you a hundred thousand dollars and you you'll give us the report. Yeah, you tested our security and found it wanting. And <laughs> you know, that that is misrepresentation. Like, that is a bold faced lie. Come on, man. It seems plausible. <laughs> and uh I forget what his sentence was. Uh it was something like probation for six months yeah, or something. Yeah. I mean it was a slap on the wrist. It was it was next to nothing. So there's a lot of CISOs or just CISOs that are are getting nervous at this mm -hmm. point. That are saying, wait a minute, I always knew I could lose my job at a moment's notice for something completely. <laughs> Not going like, to worry about federal sanctions. <laughs> yeah, because Daniel, you've said it. it yeah. As a defender, you've got to protect against everything. Yep. Everything. But as an attacker. One thing. I just got to yeah, find the one, one thing, thing you forgot. <laughs> so so a CISO is already behind the eight ball. Yeah. And now to realize, like, wait a minute, the risk for this job is so much higher. It could be prison time. Yeah. Does anybody want to be a CISO at that point? No, nah, I'm good, no. bro. <laughs> <laughs> well so let, let's say that this goes through and the guy gets found mm. guilty yeah. at some point let's say it's just a, it's a financial thing 100 grand i don't know what you know. um at that point can he get a job as a CISO again at another company historically right that has not i mean does that really been a problem does that unless happen? it was like 
pure negligent, just yeah. bad. You know, well, but he, he I mean, was not if he's good found, at his job. Yeah, if he, I mean, but if he's found and like, okay, here's your financial fine for yeah. doing this, and you're fired from the oh, company. Oh, you mean if this yeah. gets yeah, if this, on top I'm, of it? Yeah. yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I think if yeah. you hire, like, and I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming this would yeah. be a felony, right? Right. right. You're talking about wire. Oh, yeah, that's true. A yeah. felon to yeah. be yeah. A, SEC. Uh, yeah. If you hire a convicted felon as a CISO, yeah, yeah, it's a problem. I have to imagine this would end their career in cybersecurity. He is going to work at some place with a paper hat. Yes, asking people if they want. Not that there's anything wrong with that job. That's an honorable profession. But he would be starting over. It is a bit of a step down from. Uh, yeah. yeah, chief exec, you know, officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a brave new world out there. Yeah. And I think this is one we have to watch that uh, you do have to look at this through two lenses, though. So there's what he did in his technical role, which may well have been all he could do. Yeah. But then there's the actual fraud of misrepresenting data yeah. to the investors. So this right. may not have to do with technology at all. And, at well, which, and if the, if that's the if this is what is like pushing this, uh, these sanctions, and they find them guilty of that. Obviously, they just—they absolutely did something wrong, right? It's not that they, oh, you know, I fell on my sword because we got breached, and you know, really, we did everything we could, and it's just a matter of time before that happens. And I, I'm okay with that. I'll go find another job somewhere else, and we'll just kind of right. play this, uh, you know, three card Monty game of CISOs uh, around these large organizations. Where, oh no, brother, you colored outside the lines because. You you hid things. You didn't disclose everything. You you were purposefully obfuscating the facts so that your investors didn't take a, a bigger hit than they might have. Right. That's where the problem lies. Not so yeah. much in the fact that they weren't unable to stop you know uh, the advanced persistent threats that are out there, but that they tried to cover it up. And that's where you go. Oh, okay, now you're untrustworthy, and that's why you can't get a job, and that's why you're being convicted of a crime. And there's going to be a whole new like insurance industry, which is like the malpractice insurance that doctors have, but yeah. now for Maybe. CISOs. Yeah. 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 You know, let's, let's think positive on this, right? So <laughs> sure. positive. If your goal is to become a CISO, expect salaries to go <laughs> yeah, up soon, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, because yeah, if, if you're going to take on that risk, yeah. like yeah. doctors are highly paid because they do take on that risk, especially yeah. surgeons. Yeah. Uh, don't be a narcissist or a sociopath uh, that thinks yeah. that they can do whatever they want and get away with it. Because if they find out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they work again. <laughs> All right, so that's definitely one we want to keep on our radar and see where that one's going to go. But let's move on to our our last article of the day. This one made me chuckle. Um, this one comes from the folks at Reuters, so this is legit news. Oh, I uh, that's why it made you chuckle because yeah. it came from Reuters. <laughs> Alliance of forty countries vow not to pay ransom to cyber criminals. U.S. Oh. says so a. Uh, amalgamation of countries have gotten together, teamed up and said, you know what? The way we can stop ransomware is to make it not profitable. That's right. That if people (laughs) stop paying the ransoms, then ransomware is going to end. Now Mm. I'll just start by saying, first off, that's a hundred percent not true. Yeah. Right. Because we've had viruses and things for years where people were just doing it to screw around. Like the the Anna Kornikova virus, that that wasn't so they could make money. It was just them screwing around. So it's not going to stop ransomware. But the other thing that I really want to highlight here is the countries are agreeing not to pay ransom. But that's the countries, yeah. the governments that are not going to pay these ransoms. Meanwhile, if you're private sector, if you're yeah. an individual, you, you're still, still out there. Right. And so these, these people are, are – this is like when the UN says we're going to – write a stern letter of, you know, we don't approve of this action and that's it. It's just a letter. So 40 countries 
are writing a letter to the ransomware attackers. Yeah. I'm going to sleep very better. mean and stop. No more. We're not going to pay. It's like it's like when your mom tells you to stand up to bullies and they'll they'll back down. Now they usually just kick the crap out of you a little harder because now you're an easier target, right? Yeah. They're like, ah, I'll, I'll make an example out of you. So I expect to see some ransomware demands go up to, to test the, the, the metal of this, of this um, accord of which they've stuck. Yeah. Now, the, the, the one positive thing that I see coming out of this, they did, it is a little bit more than writing a letter, right? Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's get back to reality a bit. But <laughs> I mean, mostly it's writing a letter, so total BS. <laughs> but, but one thing they're doing is each of the 40 member countries that have signed on to this agreement have said, all right, when we see a ransomware attack, and they post a wallet, you know, a Bitcoin yeah. wallet or any cryptocurrency wallet, ID, account number, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called, um, address. When they post a, a crypto wallet address, we will share that with the other 40 countries. Yeah. So everybody knows, don't send money to this address and and freeze transactions to the address if, if possible, which mm-hmm. is not always possible. Um, that's positive. I, I mm-hmm. hope that they share that. I mean, if they share it with everybody, everybody, including the public, to say, don't pay this address, you're still going to have some people that will do it. Mm-hmm. But at least it's a start. So they are they are doing something, but it's just not not much. Yeah. Well, I wonder if they're also, like, I, I, I don't know if it said it in the article or not because I don't remember, but are they bolstering their own security to be more robust against ransomware attacks because that tends to be the problem. Like if you don't allow them to crypto lock your stuff, your stuff to begin with, you ain't got to worry about telling them yes or no. It just, it just doesn't happen. And then you're good. Or if you have like, okay, yeah, you crypto locked our stuff, but we got a great backup over here that you couldn't get your hands on because we separation of duties kind of idea and back to business as usual. See you later. Thanks for playing. Like, are they, are they taking those actual security steps so that they have more power in their hands to give them the proverbial middle finger. And, then, yeah. you know, that, that, that would be, that's what I want to hear coming out of not just, oh, we wrote them a stern letter and we've, we've all, you know, decided we're not going to pay you. We don't negotiate with terrorists. That's great. But you also got to do the things so that their terrorism is, is less um, effective. Yeah, so you know, I I, I hear about I, here, here's where I, I have this debate. Yeah, I, I, I'm searching for it here. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, uh, one of the the car manufacturers got hit by ransomware this last week. Yeah, and so their service departments were shut down in several mm-hmm. locations. And I can't remember which one it is, and I'm mm. trying to find it. I'm not finding it, but because because it, <laughs> it blends in with all the yeah, other organizations. So many others. Yeah. Let, let me just pick one here at random. Uh, here, a little little known university, Stanford, got hit by ransomware. <laughs> oh man, poor guys. <laughs> all right, so so looking at Stanford, and I, I haven't researched that one at all, so I right, don't right, have right. any facts on it. But uh, it could be that they have patched all of their machines Everything. fully. They've implemented anti malware. They've got centralized logging. They have firewalls that do deep packet inspection. It could be mm-hmm. that they have properly deployed every tool at their disposal, and yet. The attackers managed to bypass that through the use of zero days or or they fished an employee that was the weak link and managed to bypass some security or whatever. It could be that way. Yeah. Right? Or it could be that they were using unpaid student labor to implement <laughs> the most mediocre security possible. Which, which one do you think it is? <laughs> it, it's, it's more likely case two, but but let's let's think. <laughs> let's think the of it out here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so from that perspective, that's where I have a hard time saying like, if we just patched everything, we wouldn't have to worry about ransomware anymore. Because yeah, no, I, I, don't, don't hear me say that either. That, that is not the point I was trying to make. The point is, is like, 
it's most likely scenario two. And yeah. right. I, I don't want it to just be, we're not going to pay. Cool. Do that. Absolutely. And what else? Right. And what else are you going to do? Stop, stop making it a trope that we get to laugh at you for being scenario two in Don's one or the other little world here that whether or not they're either doing all the full. Yes. Cause you can do everything possible and still get, get popped, but that's not normally what's happening. Right. It yeah. does happen, but it's yep. not normally what's happening. So let's, let's, let's a both and not a, not a either or. Yep. And yeah. you, oh, go ahead, no, I was going to say, so, so the end result or the effective result from this, right. Would be what, you know, the, the idea of just saying, okay, ransom, uh, where people, we're not going to pay you anymore. I mean, is that really any type of effective no, notion at all? Yeah. I, I think it, it, it would. It's possible. Yeah. Yes. Let's go more aggressive, right? Yeah. This, this blocking wallet stuff is BS, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you have yeah, mixers that, and things yeah. that are out there. Yeah. I have a hot take, and uh, ooh, and I, I've said I've said this one before. This is not news to you, but I think Bitcoin should be illegal. Oh yeah, I, I think yeah, that yeah. it is simply a tool for fraud and crime. <laughs> and yeah. and I mean, Pandora's out of the box at this point, though, right? No, no, no. no. no they, Just come in with the government the heavy hand. If they <laughs> start messing made, around with Bitcoin, you're going to jail. If they made anonymous cryptocurrency illegal, hmm. they could absolutely shut these systems down. Yeah. And if it becomes impossible to translate one currency into crypto and crypto back into another mm. fiat currency, yeah, yeah. then then it would shut it down. Yeah, that's really what's fueling this is anonymous cash. Yeah, okay, right. That if it was the old days where they had to transfer money through bank accounts, whatever that's right. going to be, transactions, and so on, and it's not like that right, right. now. So yeah. because you can't subpoena the records that are. Yep. Not, these yeah. They, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to follow the money. So I- instead of doing that, because apparently you know the governments are scared to do that, uh, that they mm. choose to make yeah. individual wallets right. illegal, and that's just not sustainable, not, right? Because you just uh, make a yeah. new wallet, and yeah, and we end up in a world where, like for me, yeah. I can't find this company that I know got hit by ransomware because right. so many other ones. We got Kansas Court System, Toronto yeah. Public Library, British Library, Dallas County. Uh, I mean, it, it, the this, list goes yeah, on. This is me just on Google News looking at stuff that's happened in the last two weeks. Um, <laughs> the Quick Trip system. I don't even know what that is. DLSU. Uh, don't know who that is. Um, I mean, just company after company after University of Michigan. Right. These these are big organizations. That- so I'm just just thinking. Right. This is none of this is baked. Right. I'm going off of Don's hot take here about making it illegal. I'm just thinking my way through this and trying to find where my logical errors occur. If I'm a ransomware gang, and since Pandora's box is open when it comes to the creation of a cryptocurrency and how that works, I I can create my own cryptocurrency right now if I wanted to. Yes. Right? In, in theory. Why? What would still stop me from saying, well, I have my own crypto and I want you, like, I guess the the value in it, right? Like, it would have no value. Sure. That, that's can't how translate I would have to, something right, buy, have, to yeah. have some sort of value. Gotcha. Yep. And uh, and a lot of these are trumped up values because people know they can convert currency, right, right. so they can dump a bunch of basically like money laundering, right. dump a bunch of real currency in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's supposed to combat this? And I, I don't want to turn this into a crypto podcast no, or anything, I mean, but uh, our KYC laws. Right? Are you familiar with those? I am not. KYC, know your customer. Yep. Right. So. U.S. banks, in order for them to do any financial transaction, they have to know their customers. These are anti-money laundering laws. And in Bitcoin, you specifically don't know your customer, right? Right. That's the idea. It's not 
it's not truly anonymous, but you don't know who's attached to right. that wallet. It's anonymous right? enough. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so the KYC laws they don't apply though in, mm. in cryptocurrency, and that's where we end up in this. I world gotta around. learn more about cryptocurrency because I'm like, I never embraced it. I'm not gonna use it. Like at this point, it's it's not like a thing where I'm like, well, you gotta pay in crypto. You yeah. know, I'm 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 not buying anything crypto. I'm not trading crypto. I'm not using crypto. But <laughs> it's it's definitely something I I should and you as well learn a little more about crypto, <laughs> understand it because it's definitely becoming. If you are working in the enterprise world and you get hit with ransomware, you're going to need to learn a little bit about crypto and how that works. And sure. hopefully through the dissemination of knowledge, we can figure out how we can, you know, keep ourselves safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, it's a dangerous world out there. Stay safe and... Uh, Quit bringing you know. kerosene to the dumpster fire party. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, as we wind this one down, let me just remind everybody that if you're bored and you want to learn more about stuff... Go to acilearning.com. In fact, if you go to our website, technado.com, you'll see a Sponsored by IT Pro link at the top right. You can click that. That'll take you into ACI Learning where you can sign up for an IT Pro membership. You can pursue certifications from companies like Microsoft, Cisco, CompTIA, uh, and just general skills training. Daniel, you just did a series uh, on uh, OWASP Top 10 that's oh, going to yeah. launch great. soon. Yes, right? I did all the QA yesterday. I think there was only one thing that needed to be fixed, so I expect that out quite soon. Yep. Nice. Uh, so Daniel and Justin on camera having a great time learning about security. Uh, definitely stuff that you should be aware of, and I, I encourage you to check out. And if you're watching us on YouTube, in fact, if you're not watching us on YouTube, go, go over to YouTube, to YouTube yeah. like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we have some really neat stuff coming down the line. November is going to be a little quiet for us, right? So we had our, our Cybersecurity Awareness Month in yep. October. November gets a little bit quiet. And in December... We're going to start our 12 Days of IT. We've got some giveaways. Um, I have been on a waiting list for a number of products for like seven months. Oh, like really? I've been planning this for a while, so we want to have some really cool prizes nice. uh, to be able to give out. So definitely check that out. But, uh, you know, if you Did like... We got a cap on the on the money when it comes to the prizes that because I, they always they always source out to us. What do you think would yep. make a good gift? Uh you guys have a cap. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not done. Yeah, don't, not I, I did not follow the cap. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. caps do so not apply. PS5. <laughs> that would have been cheaper. Oh no. <laughs> Holy crap. I, I can't I can't promise anything right now because it's all like I mean I've yeah. been on a waiting You're waiting list for this yeah. thing. I'm, yeah. I'm supposed to have it in time for the giveaway but if, if I don't get it in time. Damn I don't want to like, win whatever the hell I this know. is. <laughs> it's sweet. Um, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be a wrap for this week. Be sure to tune back in next week mm. because technology never sleeps and the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We're going to report <laughs> on it on TechNado next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you then.